0: I'm Jess. And I'm Jen. We're just two run-of-the-mill casting directors looking to have a little fun while tearing down the curtain on casting, the process, and how the
1: sausage gets made. So many misconceptions have come from outside sources, so we're here to clear the air and make sure everyone gets a full picture of all that goes into casting your favorite TV shows and films. All the while, we'll be drinking some amazing cocktails and spilling the tea on some of the most outrageous stories we've come across in our careers.
0: Maybe we'll even bring on a few exciting guests along the way. Cheers! Cheers.
1: Good morning. Good evening.
0: Welcome back to Tipsy Casting. We're so excited to share today's episode with you. Today's guest is writer, stand-up comedian, actor, and producer, Rel Battle.
1: Rel is a dear friend of mine. I've been lucky enough to know him for a decade and to be able to watch his rise and evolution in this industry. And now I'm so thrilled that we get to share his journey with you.
0: Rel has been featured on TBS's Conan as well as a featured act on Will Smith's The Joker for Roku. He served as creator and executive producer of Comedy Central's Roast Battle. On the acting front, you might recognize him from shows like CBS's multi-camera comedy series Superior Donuts, ABC's Blackish, NBC's Good Girls, and he recurred on ABC's The Good Doctor.
1: Rell recently sold a half-hour single-cam comedy to NBC with Hazy Mills and Universal TV. In 2022 alone, Rell co-starred in the Hulu pilot Bamas and featured in Donald Glover's latest project, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, for Amazon. Rell wrote and starred in Off Fairfax, which was a 2022 Tribeca Festival official selection, and he currently stars in the comedy series Killing It opposite Craig Robinson for NBC Peacock. Now grab a cocktail. Or a mocktail. And enjoy hello mr rel battle thank you for joining us today
2: thank you for having me thank you for having me i'm I'm so honored to be in you your presence
1: (laughs) context rel and i've known each other for many many years Yes, I'm very excited. This is going to be an introduction.
0: Yes, we were talking before we started recording, and you guys know each other forever, and I, Rel and I don't know each other at all, so this is going to be a very fun, exploratory conversation for me. Yeah.
2: I didn't do any research, so I have no idea how this is going to go. So let me just... (laughs)
1: Listen, as long as you've got a full glass, you'll be fine. You know what? Let me start applying IHOP
2: right now, just in case. What's the website, IHOP? (laughs) <laughs> no i got a, I i got a half a glass so i'm good
1: what are you drinking
2: this is uh some wonderful it's called wild roots pear vodka uh Ooh. i don't know if i can promote it but uh I've been, I've been meaning to break it out i haven't broke it out in a while and it's uh you don't even need to chase it you, you sip it slow though so i'm gonna try to pace myself
0: that that you know? is good to have half a glass of then if you don't have like
1: a mixer in there
2: <laughs> yeah exactly i'm not gonna go crazy
1: yeah. <laughs> I love it. Jess, what are you drinking today? Um, my my parents just came back from their vacation and their last stop was Tahiti. And my mom brought me back something called Hope Liquor, which is coffee flavored liqueur. Mm. I'm very excited because it, it feels like it's going to be effective. It's 20, 21% alcohol in mm-hmm. this beverage. So I'm also having a half glass and sipping on it.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Well, very good for you. What about you, Jen?
0: I well, I have a full glass of a vodka tonic, but it's also almost 10 p.m. here, so.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Where are you?
0: Uh, I live in London. Okay, cool. Super cool. Yeah, nice. yeah. So I'm excited. I haven't had a vodka tonic in a very long time, and it just <laughs> happened to be what I had in my cupboard, so I was like, yep, that's what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> okay, so Ralph. Tell us your origin story. How did you get into, because you, you're more known, I would say, as a stand-up comedian, correct? I, I, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what you ask. Which did you um, start? Like did I you s- start in stand-up comedian world, or did you start with acting?
2: Ask the Washington, D.C. Uh, Court of Appeals what they considered me as from high school, and they'll tell you. They got a whole different story. Well, I was born on a manger in December, and my mother was a virgin. No, uh, no. I started. Um, I started in theater at University of Maryland, and I was studying theater. And then I did not take the last two classes, so I didn't graduate with the theater degree. Um, I didn't finish it as a minor, so I ended up just finishing with communications. And um, like a dumbass, I moved to LA to do theater in LA, which is not a strong, not the strongest theater scene.
0: Nope. Especially when you have New York right there.
2: Especially when New York's right there. D.C.'s big, Philly. And I went to L.A. And uh, while trying to get jobs as a theater actor in L.A., I started doing stand-up. And stand-up just kind of took off, started to move for me. You know, 360 stand-up was able to lead back into more acting and writing. And so I've been kind of juggling all three hats for a while.
0: How did stand up comedy get you though? Did you do like uh, the UCB? Did you do groundlings? Or did you know somebody who was just like, hey, you're funny, you should go do it? Or how did that come to be?
2: So, funny enough, I just got fired from the Cheesecake Factory and I was uh, driving, really? my, I was on my way. Yeah. I think it was like, I was in LA for maybe six weeks or so. <clears throat> and I was on my way home and I drove, and I was living in North Hollywood, Burbank at the time. I had a drive past, And every day on the way home, I would drive past the Ha Ha Comedy Club every single day. And then I got fired and I was just like, fuck it. And I pulled up and I walked in and I watched these horrible comics be horrible at this open mic. And at the end of it, the owner gave the host $25. I was like, they were trash. So I said, I could do that. The next day I came in with five jokes, two worked, but that was enough for me to be like, all right. And uh, here we are. Desperation, this isn't some shit I was like, like all these other comics, ever since I was a three year old when I first saw Shecky Green on a Tonight Show, whatever, like no, I got fired and I saw a comedy club. And then um, I grew in comedy, yeah
0: that's amazing because honestly comedic time i always tell people uh, actors when they're coming up and they're like what can i do to be because i do a lot of comedy in my in my career they're like what can i do to like be seen more in comedy and i'm like it's so hard to teach dramatic actors comedic timing it's like you're mm-hmm. all- you have to be born with it of or have some kind of intrinsic skill so that's like amazing because i i'm always a huge proponent of like comedic actors can easily go drama but dramatic yeah. actors cannot come back to comedic because it's ever lands properly.
2: I say it all the time. It's it's way easier for us to go there for them to come to us because mm-hmm. authenticity is easier as a regular person. We all, we all deliver different lines in a different way, whatever, to be authentic. To make somebody laugh is harder because we don't know. Maybe your experiences aren't making you laugh. Maybe from a different economic place where these types of jokes aren't funny. That balance is super hard to do. 'Cause there's so many different ways to be believable, authentic as a dramatic actor. But comedy, you know, you might just not get it and it doesn't work. But a real moment and a serious moment is always gonna work no matter how you perform it. So I just think it's uh I think a little bit tougher, you know. And I and I I'm one of those guys, I'm like, you know, Eddie Murphy to do eight characters in a movie to me is harder just as hard as what Daniel Day-Lewis does with one character, mm-hmm. you know? You, you're creating eight different people, lives, voices, idiosyncrasy, so to me that's that's a high level of drama, but because he's Eddie Murphy, because you're laughing, people don't give it the same kind of esteem of, uh, of, of genius, but that's my opinion.
1: I think also the other skill that most comedians have that most people don't have is the ability to read a room, and I think you have to when you're up there of what's landing, what's not. Is that something that comes to you relatively quickly when you were first starting or is that skill set that you build based on observing people as you go
2: um honestly i think i have a really big family so we're just used to knowing the energy you know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh just having going in the, going to the family reunion, somebody's mad at somebody. So you can kind of yeah. just feel it. I think for me as a stand-up, I was a host for a very long time. I've hosted pretty much every show in LA. And as an unexperienced stand up, but as a host, you're, you're always on edge. You're surrounded, you're in the you're in the center surrounded by lions. Mm-hmm. And you gotta know how to how to balance it. And so I think that's why for stand-ups a lot of the times, I don't know if that's good or bad. When we go in the casting rooms, it's like like what's three people? A room of vultures who come to see your show who paid fifty dollars again. And so, which that relaxed state is probably why a lot of comedic actors don't book as much probably because we kind of just assume this is a regular crowd and it's really not. But I've never been nervous, you know, when it comes to stuff like that because of having to learn how to read a room.
1: I, you know, I have found it different. I feel like I've done very few comedies, but the ones that I had done, it was set in supposed to be like the underground comedy scene in LA and every comedian that came in, like you have a certain expectation of what you're going to get because you know, their comedy and it fell it fell flat yeah and it was so hard i think it was because it was their nerves that were they were leaning into because right. it's a different environment Probably. also but yeah but that's that's a good i mean that's why you've been successful as an actor as well is because you're able to harness that okay jess <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. are you not a serious regular on a show yes i was that was love that was luck a lot of okay. prayer i don't know but no,
0: no that's skill you. you can't get. We just broke down how serious regulars get cast and how hard it is this day and age, and how many people have to approve right. you. So it is a feat that you are a serious yeah. regular. So you have to have talent.
2: It goes to like what forty people or something. Like mm-hmm. after you guys, after you two, it's it's a whole other. You know, I don't know how this thing works. I just show up, <laughs> <laughs> approvals and all that. And I don't like his hair, and he's too tall or whatever. So,
0: so I'm kind of curious because there's like been a lot of controversy I will say at least in the last year if not a last few years of stand up and the whole pc culture and like what's appropriate what's not how has that affected you or has it not and you don't really care uh, it hasn't affected me I, the way i
2: look at it there's always been pc culture it's just now comics just give a shit like it's always been and i and, and it's so i'm not i'm not like most comics i believe people have the right to hate you and want to cancel you just like we have the right to say whatever the, the hell we want i think it goes both ways freedom of speech you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's there's always been people who don't like something, but they didn't have Twitter and Instagram and blogs to kind of mm-hmm. build a following to say you know this person sucks. So, but it's always been there. You know, Eddie Eddie Murphy got protested outside of his show. Richard Pryor got booed for some of the stuff he said. Chris Rock was looking around his corner for some of the stuff he said. You know, but like it's always been there. I just think it's a louder voice because now there's credibility to magazines and stuff, and like you can like really go off in your thing. But you know, all the people who quote unquote are canceled for their jokes are selling out arenas and stadiums and you know uh, i don't really feel like anyone has been canceled for the joke i I look at camp it's two types of cancel it's Mm -hmm. the two week everybody's mad at you and it's like your career is over and whose career is over from their jokes I can't think of them. But have person. you seen
0: any kind of comedians kind of change their material based off fear of that, of like that? Because yeah. I get that those people are selling at stadiums, but they kind of like the Dave Chappelle's, they have a name. They they are who they are already. So you have this like mm-hmm. u- upcoming class of comedians who I could see. I'm always really curious if they're worried about, because you do the, you still do all these, you know, stand ups and all the cool stuff. probably I'm assuming with other comedians who are maybe not as well known. And I'm kind of curious if any of their material changes because they're afraid to not be perceived as on the right side.
2: Yeah, I think uh I think there are some, but those guys are gonna be those people anyway. You know, you take like a like a Shane Gillis. Um he made a joke that people were pretty pissed off about and he got cut from SNL but Shane Gillis, you know guys know Shane Gillis? Mm-hmm even bigger now. On, well, he's like the number one Netflix yeah. special on Netflix. So it's a market now because of podcasts and because of stand-up. You put your stuff on YouTube. It's kind of hard to cancel anybody unless yeah. you do something like unforgivable like Cosby, Weinstein shit. But other than that, as long as you're funny, most people don't care. Most people want to laugh. The cancel crowd is is no more than like 10,000 people, everything, every particular issue. But they're big on Twitter and they're big on Instagram. But it's, most people don't really give a damn. It just depends on, you know, Chappelle said it best it's always funny till it's about you. I haven't noticed a big change but like I said people have the right to hate your guts but I I don't think it I, I just don't think it really matters i don't know about the industry though that's a different conversation
1: i think it's interesting though because i feel like there's also a different in attempting to protect yourself mm-hmm. i mean they say that it's because they don't want their stuff stolen but the those little pouches they give to you at the beginning of the show yeah. and so that you can't use your cell phone while you're watching yeah. the show i think you know that's becoming way more prevalent i think i, I went to chris rock show at the dolby theater here a handful of years ago and that was the first thing they did they give you your little magnetic pouch so you can't use anything because
2: because you know, a joke takes time to curate. It's almost like you if you made a you made a cake and people stop, they open the oven five minutes in, it's not done. So if a joke yeah. goes viral because you're famous, and you could be saying the worst shit ever, but you're trying to get it yeah. to where it's that it's niggas versus black people. It's the joke that's gonna you know what I mean? And that joke might take a year, but if yeah. people see it online within six months, it's not ready. And you go, he's he's talking about blah blah blah. So Sometimes it takes time to develop a bit and you don't want it to be exposed. If I'm working on a joke for a year and I'm about to do my special in a week and it goes online the day before, I'm going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. So I I think comics did that, but only like the Bill Burr's and the Chris Rock's and the Chappelle's can do that. I can't tell people ah you all right, y'all, put your phone in the pouch. They're like, get the fuck out of my <laughs> You know what I mean? So we're talking about three people who can do that. Yeah. Three comics who can do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So if you had like a dream world, would you choose? Do you like this balance of acting and stand-up? Or would you choose one over the other?
2: I like choosing my babies. Um, <laughs> so for I need sure. you to understand, Jen, and Jess might notice about me. I am extremely lazy. <laughs> and what I mean is I only want to do stuff I care about so the day I'm sick of stand up when I, I go on tour most comics tour all year I tour for six weeks and I'm done right mm-hmm. and I'll stay in LA and New York and I'll do I do not have I have no passion to be in Biloxi all summer so I, I <laughs> yeah. tour basically and then I, I like to move on to the next thing this is why I do so many things because my level of attention I just, I just need to I need to feel stimulated so you know what I want to just write and be in LA and write in the writer's room for six weeks alright I'm sick of writing in the writer's room I want to uh, be on set for, you know, a film. I was on a set for six weeks. I had to work. I had to eat a certain way. I did it for six weeks to, you know, two months. We just finished the season. All right, I just want to go on tour and see and go travel. So it depends on my mood at the time. So I love them all because, you know, I love stand-up right now. And I know once I shoot this hour special or whatever, I'm like, all right, I just want to go be re- in a writer's room. So I, I kind of like to move in between them all. I, I love them all. I will say this, though, to answer your question. Stand-up is the base. It's the bread and butter. It's the, it's the bottom bitch, you know? If... <laughs> If everything was gone tomorrow, nobody wanted me in ride a room, nobody thinks I'm a good actor, stand-up would always be there. And stand-up is also the only thing you can control. You guys have a lot, you, you ladies have a lot of power, whereas you don't like something, you know what I'm saying? Casting directors, casting companies, agencies, whatever, managers, studios, stand-up, funny wins. Okay, how you look, how smart you are, how dumb you are. If you're funny, you're going to always work.
1: Also, I would not qualify that as lazy. I think that's just passionate <laughs> because the last thing, you are lazy. I don't know any. Anybody who does as many shows as you do right. when you are doing comedy.
2: But only for six weeks.
1: <laughs> six weeks. But got to give credit where credit is due. Rawls also has now produced a short that he's written, that he's been in. He's got a lot of irons in the fire and trying to do a lot. Not lazy. Okay. <laughs> All right.
2: Okay. I work, I work yeah. hard for things I care about.
1: Yeah. I get that, though. Well, yeah. Well, if you don't care about it, how can you be passionate about what you do? It's the same thing if we sign on to a movie or a show that we hate working on. The quality of your work is not going to be reflected in that project. Right. Exactly. So you have to be passionate.
2: Yeah, you're, right. You're, right, you're right. It's kind of why I love this
0: industry because if you don't like somebody or if you don't like something or a project or anything, you can walk away after a certain amount of time. <laughs>
2: That's, this, this is true.
0: It's very finite. Where like my whole family works in like normal jobs, where they they've been in yeah. their jobs for like well, my mom is going on almost fifty years of teaching, and it's like oh right. like that would shoot and me. Some better. days, yeah,
2: yeah, and it's and it's we're, we're so lucky, and you know, I'm like that's why I never complain about stuff. I'm like man, this is the du- we have the dumbest jobs. Like this is we li- <laughs> we literally get to watch our dreams come true, watch other people's dreams come true. You both have probably discovered people that are like killing shit now. That makes you feel great, like you know these people love this person, but I was the first person to see, you know what I mean? Like, and then we get to try, it's like, we just have dumb, wonderful jobs. And so we're just, I'm just happy to be in it. So that's why I never complain, you know?
1: It should always be fun. I think that's the thing. With the people that are taking it too seriously, that are making everybody else miserable, you shouldn't be thinking about in our own profession that you hear actors talk about these miserable casting directors. That means you're, you've are you been doing it for too long. You're jaded. And if you're mean to the people that you work with, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. Yeah, and you haven't found
2: anything in that role that makes you excited about it. At the end of the day, what I learned for myself, and please tell me if I'm talking Way too much. because I'm, you know, I'm hyped to see my friend Jess. What, what I found for me is that with auditions, and they could be like a lot, and it could be um, heavy on you. But what I started to discover as I got more and more into it was that fuck if you get it or not, I get to showcase this. I get to show what I see in this thing. And it's my whole thing is like always just leave a leave leave a memory, leave some kind of impression. I might not be right for too tall, too short, but it's like shit. This is a good thing. I go in because I don't go on for everything. Every, I only go on for shit. I, like I said, I I'm lazy that way. That I only I don't take every audition I'm given from my agency. I go with the shit. I like okay i like this i can do this and it's like oh i get to show off i get to make this shit fire i might not get it but that's the fun in it you know what i'm saying so it's like you i don't know how you can never not be excited about going to an audition especially on tape tape so tape is comfortable me and my boys are chilling making the tape so you gotta find, you gotta find the fun
0: yeah so have you ever thought of going back into theater since that was your base
2: I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I would have to find time. It would have to be something I really would love to do. Um, a Soldier's Play is something great. I just saw this play called uh, The Sign in Sidney Bernstein's Window. Oscar Isaac was in it. I think they're going to bring that back sometime. There's lots of dope plays I would love to do, especially on Broadway. But, you know.
1: Would you ever produce something for, like, the Fringe out here?
2: I did Fringe. I did, I've did. i done Fringe twice. I performed in Fringe okay. twice. Performing. To produce, I, I know I would never get to that place. But I, I have performed in Fringe a couple of times. Um, and it's always exciting. But I would love to go back theater will i ever have time for it i don't
1: know
2: I, I, would to, I would love to return
1: champagne problems yeah,
2: I guess so. because of that strike i gotta take any job i gotta catch up <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we both. don't we all listen yeah whatever what you french yeah
1: what a rail battle in the ihop story <laughs> whatever. Whatever. it'll be the cheese cheesecake saga that'll be the the origin story i taking whatever
2: right now <laughs> whatever. like I, I i i i was spending money like there was no stripe <laughs> i thought this is audition why, we it? why we, what are we podcasting <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read the email jess what am i here for <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i got my lines A little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) Do a monologue for us, please, here. This is what we've come for. Are there still in-person auditions anymore? I mean, I think in London, they've resumed some version of it. Here, they're still... Basically, I'm waiting to see if I get a job. And I asked for... Uh, an office space like for my agent to ask for that so i think it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that request because if they're not willing to provide it they're not interested in having people come back so you
2: think you think tape is the new is going to be the new wave
1: It, it feels like either tape or zoom but that can't like go on forever I mean, one would hope, but that's if the studios are not willing to pay for it, like they're not paying us a ton of money anyways, as casting directors. So we can't afford to get space. And I mean, even if it's not studios, like Indies definitely can't afford to do anything. And I guess it just depends on how they all respond because the contracts, your SAG contract now requires us to give you an option of either self-tape, Zoom or in person. Let me ask, what do you prefer? In
0: person. In person. You prefer in
1: person? Really? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because this is not our job. Uh, we're not media managers. Our job is to mine talent in the room to be able to see if we can get you there. And if we're not in the room with you, there's a huge part of our job that's missing. So you
2: get, you get, you only get that one reading, and you might want to adjust, but you can't.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: that, and also, I feel like there's such a human aspect to it as well. Where yeah. throughout my career, it's like I've met so many people in the room, even if they're not right for that one thing, I'll remember like, oh, they made that offhanded comment about something, something, and that was really either funny or this really hit, and and you bring him back for something i'm a huge people person so it's like i love to right. like get to know who you are and it's triggers it's one it's a memory device if then when we're thinking when we're trying to come up with who we like for roles it automatically makes you remember oh i had this really great conversation with rel a couple years ago like he would be great for this or it's something with that with self tapes you're just watching a tape and you're just like okay in and out i mean if it's a good tape it's a good tape but if i don't know you it doesn't really really make an impression too much but also So, I think there's something to be said for sending somebody to set who you trust and you think is a good person. Cause I've gotten calls. Right. From, I've done quite a few movies since COVID. And I've gotten right. calls from producers who were like, um, just so you know, this guy can't take a note and threw a fit on set. So maybe not the best for an indie film where we don't have time to like do it 5,000 times.
2: But you would find all his personality traits or her personality traits in the, in the audition line.
1: Really? Yeah. You- That's, I think, the, the biggest part for me. Cause actors would always ask me, like, what are the do's and don'ts of the room? Or what do you? remember what you don't remember after somebody comes into the room and for me it's not necessarily if you had a good or bad audition or if you booked the role or whatever it is it's that experience of collaborating with somebody so if you are like i had i can't remember his name right now but i would if he was submitted to me i would know him immediately because i was doing a show and there was like this is like nine pages of straight dialogue for this guy and there's one line at the end of the scene that it had more meaning than what was visible on the page and I gave him this note before he started, I was like, just so you know, this line is not a throwaway line. Like this actually means something. It's somebody he cares about deeply. And basically, he like looked at me and was like, well, who is it? And I said, I can't tell you who it is. It is literally the entire arc of our series of who it is. And he looked at me and was super It was a super asshole and was like, so you want me to try to get the job without telling me what I need to know? And I was like, you have your intention. I told you this person means a lot to you. And I, for me, like that experience sticks out. And this was like six (laughs) years ago. I will never bring him in because I don't trust him on a set with an actual director.
2: So you you both prefer. Okay. Interesting. Because I don't know why I assume... Great, you don't have to deal with anybody, You don't have to catch any COVID. You can just get the tapes and see it. And you can, but if you'd rather have the, a human interaction, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can't speak for every casting director, but
2: <laughs> oh, I'm already sending the text to my theater group. Hey, y'all. Go in.
1: (laughs) Because the the intention starts to change because when you are strictly on tape, then the goal has to be, how do I make sure that this person watching my tape doesn't get distracted? Or how do do you stand out in that way versus that one-on-one experience of trying to get to the bottom together? So, I mean, obviously, every casting director works differently. Every room is a different experience. But at the same time, I think that is the foundation of what our jobs are is. As a casting director, is to be able to work with actors. Okay, great, good to know. I'm sorry, this is this became my podcast.
2: So, as a when you're casting
1: a <laughs> young actor,
2: what are you? Listen, we love questions. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> What's weird is Jess and I have probably spoken about this type of stuff all the time. I, just, I maybe I need to hear it again. Or you know, I got I had I had learned because of COVID. I had learned to love tapes mm-hmm. because my because you know Shin, Shin, you know Shin, Jess, Shin's like. Terrell, you need, yeah, you need to learn the love tapes. That's what's That's what's happening. And I had to learn the love tapes. And now I love tapes. And now you tell me I gotta go back inside. <laughs> I gotta I gotta sit in traffic and be sweaty. And then the, the lines get changed. Oh,
1: we're doing the second scene now. I gotta go. Ahead. Listen, but here's the thing. You got a choice now. You you can decide what your preference is, yeah. you know? But that's the that's the world that we were in before COVID was that if you weren't in town, you could take. Right. And now you can make that decision for yourself. Okay. If you feel that you thrive in person, you can do that. Or if you thrive in a self-tape environment, tell there's me, that.
2: Tell me, the, tell me the truth though. Like, let's just pretend nobody's listening to this, right? <laughs> Okay. you give more leeway to people that come in like they that's a that's the
1: leeway well that's
2: the preference and you can <laughs> you know you'll make a better impression on me cuz to you take your you, you, your dog and your cat could be pissing on the ground you be like ah yeah and then you go back to it but the end is like that's the you prefer you prefer that
0: yeah well and like the other thing too is if you send in a self tape and you've done one thing wrong it's like we can't go and be like, oh, just hit that beat a little bit differently yeah, and then we'll do it again. Yeah. Most of the time, we're like, oh, shoot, he missed it, moving on. It's like, so you do get more of like, really? Yeah. Cause it, a lot of times now, either we don't have enough time to turn it around for you, especially like with the new guidelines, um, it's like you have to give X amount of days to retape. And so by the time we get your first tape, and then if we ask for notes, you're looking at like a week later, and sometimes we just don't have that time, especially in TV.
1: Yeah, and someone else might have just submitted a tape that hit all the marks, so you've you've missed that moment because you had to go back and retake. Tape
2: has to be pretty much perfect. That's why you prefer mm-hmm. in person.
1: Yeah, <sighs> so
0: it's just easy. It's easier on us because like we always say, we want the actors to win. Because as soon as we cast it, we're done. Like our job, like we look good if we can cast it faster. So we're gonna send the people who hit it better, more consistently. Right, right, right.
2: Even if it's great. Well, that's the crazy thing, because London, you said they're in person, but if Ellie doesn't go back to it, so now I gotta, I gotta be perfect. Jesus, (laughs) I gotta be fucking.
0: Feel the pressure. I Feel the pressure. pressure. <laughs> or
1: you can just come
2: in. Well, we're not We're not coming in LA, you said, Jess. No one's
1: coming in. Not yet. Not yet. I'd like to put out the good vibes that eventually, sooner than later, people will start holding in-person auditions. Because the commercial world has been doing it since COVID ca- subsided a little bit. Oh, commercial don't care. They, whatever. They're like, whatever. <laughs> COVID. We got to... We're doing a
2: commercial about the vaccine in person. So come on, come on in. They don't give a damn. It's a commercial. Get your money and be sick. You'll be fine. Come in. That's so insane. They don't care. So now, so I gotta be Lakeith Stanfield. I gotta be Dave Chappelle. I gotta be Jordan. This is a lot of pressure.
1: I'd be all of I'm it. Perfect. You gotta be you. That's that's the bottom No, no. Line. That's, if you're if thing. you're watching this podcast, they are lying to you. You have to
2: be perfect. Where's the where's the camera? You have to, be, my lips,
1: you have to be perfect. No, you don't. It's Listen, it is the same as doing your comedy. Your comedy is based on your own perspective. Oh, no. And I, you have to bring your perspective. I fuck that up all the time. No.
2: <laughs> I forget my jokes. I talk too fast. I talk too slow all the time.
0: But they still be- keep bringing you back, see? You
2: know what? I hope this... It's a very educational episode for all the young actors out there listening right from the horse's mouth. We're telling them we to give them the real, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what we're all about, yes. the real. Yeah.
0: But that's why we love in person, because if we could right. just go back to in person all the time, especially for you in LA, like the world would be open. It's like your oyster.
2: I wonder I wonder if they'll do it, though. I'm, I'm really curious because LA loves to cut everything, you know what I mean? Cut corners. So yeah, I wonder if they'll come back. Or or maybe it'll just be certain production companies or certain casting companies, maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know. We... I. I have personally found that the ones that are the bigger offices that do a lot of the work, they are the ones that have no desire to go back into the office because that means they can take on more work. Okay, so it's more of a greed thing. Yeah, I call them
0: hoarding <laughs> offices. Just as much nicer than me. I just think they're a bunch of jerks who just take all the work. So. <laughs> right,
2: right, 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 right. It's a conglomerate. I don't live there right.
0: anymore. It doesn't matter if I say it. <laughs>
2: Is it? Uh, I mean, I mean, the industry's pretty big in London. Is it just as much work there?
0: Yeah, I would say it's almost even getting. It's growing massively. I think one, it's cheaper to make things over here as a whole in terms of production and crew and talent are all just paid cheaper here. But right now you're also getting the level of like talent and crew. It's kind of why I was able to come over here is they've opened the Visa portals for anybody, crew or people who want to come here to work so that they can- support the house of dragons and all these massive apple shows and oh
2: wow yeah
0: the talent on the crew side and the talent in front of the camera have all risen drastically over the last few years and so now if producers have the option to say hey we can make it for half the cost in the uk then in california let's go to the uk because we know we can back it up it's not gonna our our production quality is not gonna suffer so i think it's booming i think again it's it's a bit slow coming back from the strike because because I didn't realize... I mean, the, when the writers striked, it wasn't too bad of a hit over here. Just because those the writers are completely separated between the countries. But the actors are now so... They go between the two so much that there's so much overlap between SAG that everything got shut down here. It was like 80 percent of production ended up getting shut oh, down. So
2: that, that's why House of Dragons was still able to go, right? Because
0: they, yeah, because they were all under yeah. equity agreements. So, but like my, we have a friend who was on the podcast last season who was on Slow Horses and they got shut down. So because they were under SAG agreements.
2: I love some Slow Horses. Yes, right. I Love some. It's per- other than the farting is weird, but the Slow <laughs> Horses are great. (laughs) That's why it makes him endearing. Yeah, but he's already he's already disgusting. He's already kind of dirty and wild and just, you know, all over the place. You don't need to fart. It's just like an extra <laughs> now now, now being of me to to criticize the great Gary Old. But I'm just like, you know, we
1: don't need that. It's a little unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you seen the show, Jess? Oh yeah, I'm fully caught up. I watched all of yeah, la- this last I, I season. Like, too. I enjoy the show. It's a function. So, of- so
0: good. Yeah. And they just got do. picked yeah. up for I season do. five. So we got two more seasons coming at us. Uh, I think
2: they got two seasons after the last second season, right? They got it too right
0: yeah oh okay so. well they've already shot four
1: and now they're going into five so yeah season four was the one that got interrupted right, by yeah. the strike that's what they oh, shot okay. so okay now they have a whole fifth yes. season okay so it's exciting. big fans of that show shit
0: apple's only been
2: in for fucking apple's been what four years or not even how long's it been a thing apple tv yeah
0: well they said with renewing slow horses for five seasons it's now their longest running show
2: yeah because T- lasso did three right mm-hmm. yeah and Lasso did three Great, good for them. How have
1: you been enjoying your
2: show? Uh my show's great. It's uh it's the first time that I've I feel like I've been able to kind of stretch every muscle as an, as an actor. You know, usually for stand-ups they call you in, come in, say a funny line, get the fuck out. I'm like, all right, chief. And this show, uh, unexpectedly, I was asked to carry a heavier burden, which I love. And it almost feels like theater again. So um, I, yeah. I love that every major actor on the show, myself, Claudia, and Craig, we always, you, you kind of have to be able to jump every ring in the show. And the show is quirky, and it's weird, and it's raw, and it's ghetto, and it's fun, and it's. I, I love Craig, and um, I know I, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of other projects as well. Because I've been able to kind of like, all I get now is like serious roles, which I've never been in that place
1: that's amazing so for i don't know if we said it but you're on killing it craig robinson's show that is on peacock yeah, right
2: streaming now you can see season two uh now on yeah. Peacock, yeah you gotta get peacock first <laughs>
1: <laughs> You do. I, I think your best episode that from season one. I'll say. I think it was episode seven. It was the big when the the bad guy. Oh man.
2: So, Jen, Jess has never seen the show, Jen. <laughs> it's like,
1: this no, is no, not no, looking no. great, Jess? No. <laughs> the
2: the, the, no, the Wookiee was- Wookie came out, and then Han
1: Solo came from the from the from the plane. <laughs> You mean stop, Star Wars? No, I forget. Who's the actor that plays like the big villain that's like it was he was in uh, High Rise. You're talking about when uh, the thing about my dad came out. We were in the woods and it was
2: a very emotional scene.
1: That one, but there was also a big there was like a standoff where he killed some of his own guys and he killed his, you were in his built like Yeah, yeah, he his, killed his
2: son and he wanted me to I had to clean it up type of thing. Yeah. Episode 7, I think.
1: That's the that was a great episode. Yeah. yeah. See, I watched it. <laughs> I remember. Nice. Tell me something (laughs)
2: else.
1: I was like Evox. What? <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna compliment you anymore. <laughs> I remember Darth Vader being on Peacock, but I could be wrong.
0: <laughs> so, so, so there's two seasons on there. Is there a third one coming, or where does this show stand?
2: My job is to read my lines and to be prepared. I don't know what happens after that. You got to talk to them. My job is to show up on time, be a professional. I, I never know how this shit works.
0: So is season two over. I don't have Peacock over here. We don't have access to it. So
2: Jen, Jen, nobody does. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the Holiday the Holiday Network channel has more viewers. Stop it. <laughs> do do we do, we do The ha- ha- Hallmark Hallmark Plus has more viewers than we do. Um,
0: cuz I can actually get Hallmark over here. That's the funny thing. <laughs>
2: We no we do we are international uh I forget the network is called. We are over there in London, we are, we're in Australia as well, but I forgot what it's called. Okay. Cuz I uh, I, wa- I watched it. I was in I was in London uh, last summer and I watched it over there. So it's on something.
0: Okay. Yeah. We're going to get her caught up. Yeah. So wait, so you didn't answer my question though. Is season 2 done or is that still going?
2: Season 2 we finished in August and because of the strike we couldn't promote oh, yeah. it, obviously. We uh it came out it came out August 17th and it's on now. I think it's a way better season. I think we just we found our niche, man. And um, I enjoy the show. I, you know, I can speak for me. And um, I've been on a lot of shit. Like I've done some shit. Let's be clear. I've done some 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 stuff. But this show definitely is really good writing and uh, great characters. And I'm I'm proud of. It. I love everybody on it on the show. We just have a, we just have a ball, you know. And um, hopefully it'll lead to bigger and better better projects, which is what I thought this call was
1: for. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it is. Don't worry. Listen, we have a lot of casting directors that listen to this this I'm podcast, oh, so you know, it's good exposure. Yes, you do know. <laughs> Great exposure. Great. I got my I got my casting
2: shirt on. <laughs> Rail battle. But I do? I have it. <laughs> Terrell Battle for the character of, of, of I Hop Freddy. <laughs>
1: Five nine? Los Angeles, California. <laughs> a sidestep from all that. Yeah. So this is something you don't know, Jen. Ral is a twin. I am. And and his brother is lovely. Wow.
2: I have a I have a twin brother. He's kind of like my I call him my hood manager. He gets me jobs that you don't you gotta kind of like know somebody to get. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like if I'm playing a church in Florida that's gonna pay five grand, Terrence got it for me. That makes sense. Like i pay <laughs> like the like the weird stuff. You can't just get like a couple of drug dealers having a birthday party. I gotta do 30 minutes. I'm getting 20 grand. But I'm getting, but I'm getting paid. But I gotta leave. I gotta do my set, do my hour, and get the fuck. And that's my brother's my street. So yes, he's my twin. He's in the, he's in the, he's in the game now. So he's helping. He's a producer. He's helping.
1: Yeah, you guys have been working together more and more. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, right? We've
2: done some short films. We've done some uh, some live shows, and uh, he's getting more and more into the game. And uh, yeah, and he's, he he wants to kind of be a producer. He produces a lot of my stuff. So
0: he doesn't want to be your stunt
1: double. Nah,
2: he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Turns lazy to me. So no, he just wants to. He's a money guy. He likes to put the money pieces together. So hopefully it works out.
1: We all need one of those guys. Oh, so
0: cool. Do you have that like twin set? Where you can like feel each other or like feel emotions or kind of a Spidey sense about each other? Nah. We don't have that.
2: We don't have that. We, we, <laughs> we, there, There is like a weird, like weird stuff happens. We've gotten in car accidents the same day. Really? You know what I mean? Oh. Stuff like that. We like, I know when he's going through a breakup, I can feel us, you know, little shit that I don't know if it's coincidence or twin stuff, but nothing, nothing major. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? That I, I, can, I can remember, but, uh,
0: you know. Do you like having a twin or is that something you just want, like you would prefer a regular
1: sibling?
2: It doesn't feel like a twin. We've <laughs> always felt like big brother, little brother to me. It never, it never felt like a twin. We mm-hmm. always dressed different. We had different friends. Who's
1: the big brother? Terrence.
2: Um, he always did everything first. He he rode a bike first. Like it always felt like big brother to me. He doesn't feel that way, but he was always bigger than me. You know what I mean? He got a little. we got some muscles. <laughs> he can't do an hour. At the laugh after on Saturday night. Have
1: you ever done a swap? A swap? Uh,
2: we done it. We well, Terrence is better in math. I was better in English. So in school, we would help each other out like that.
1: So it's a good balance. I don't know if you've ever heard that Rami Malek also has a twin brother and he did this bit on the Graham Norton show of how he had, his brother had to pass like a Shakespeare class and he went in as him and (laughs) did a whole monologue on his behalf. And that's how his brother passed the class. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to Yeah. Fuck school, right? I was never going to use math again. No. What they needed to invest our time in is teaching us how to uh, balance a checkbook. Exactly. Or, you know, the practical stuff. <laughs> exactly.
2: I'm never going to use math. I don't need this class. So come on in, Terrence. <laughs> you no. Know. So, so yeah, it was cool. It Do was you have cool. other
0: siblings or is it just you guys?
2: Oh, my dad was putting in work. I got a, I got an older brother. I'm a twin. So that's three. Tracy's my uh, little sister. And I got a younger wow. sister named Courtney. So it's five Wow. All of are,
0: and is anyone else outside of you and Terrence in the industry or are you guys... The only ones. No,
2: everybody's pretty... Everybody is uh, sane. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is, is a civilian. Uh, my oldest brother is a football coach at a high school. Terrence is kind of getting into the business a little bit. He's, a, he's also been a money guy and he worked real estate. Tracy is a teacher and my youngest sister is like a... She's a youngest sister, so I don't really listen when she talks. I don't know what she does. <laughs> but um, she does something over there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's probably like a social <laughs> media manager or something. She's... she's <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that.
0: Ding, 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 you got it. Survey says, survey says yes. Some random, like,
1: what is it, Gen Z, your
0: job? Yeah, yeah, some shit like that. I don't fucking know.
1: I want to know, because I've never asked you this, but you got your mom, uh, I love it, Joyce Ann. Mm -hmm. You got her the ability to meet Obama. Mm -hmm. How did that Transpire.
2: So a friend of mine is a producer. Is a producer at his show. She was an intern, moved up, and, and we would always talk about, you know, my mother. My mother has a whole room dedicated to Obama. Like when I moved out, that was that was the Obama. It's more pictures of Sasha and Malia than it is of her children. I mean that, for <laughs> a yeah, fact. Uh, it's a fact. And uh, my mother's obsession. I would tell her about my mom and Obama. And one day, I think Obama's coming and everything like a meet the fans thing on on Jimmy Kimmel. She called me. She said, "Would your mom want to meet Barack Obama?" I'm like, I almost called her a bitch. I'm like, yes, bitch. Like, I almost... What, what kind of question is that? What, what what middle-aged black woman doesn't want to meet Obama, right? That's like a, a, a 15-year-old white girl don't want to meet Taylor Swift. Of course she wants to meet Obama. So... I said, of course, my mom wants to meet Obama, and so they. My mom thought she was gonna um, get a, just get a free Obama book if she had to go do this thing um, online. So she was waiting online and to get a free Obama book, and then uh, next thing you know, pops up Obama, and she could she couldn't speak, she could not speak.
0: Really? Did she get like a picture or anything?
2: She did get a picture. I blew up I blew up a, a screenshot, like a huge screenshot for her, and it's in her house on the wall. And she was famous. She went viral for like a week, and and, and hate. She she hated me because She said, I don't know why you did that. Thing. <laughs> Day one, she was like, oh my god, thank you so much. You my favorite child, blah, blah, blah. Which is <laughs> well, so fucked up for a mother to do in front of my, my sister. But a week later, she's like, I can't believe you would do now. I can't go nowhere. She was famous. She she was my phone won't stop ringing. <laughs> yeah. She um That's
0: amazing.
2: She was uh she was pretty excited about
1: it. That's
2: great. I'm the favorite right now, for now. We'll see. We'll see for now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gotta level up. That's are going to figure it out what that is. That's an
2: interchanging chair. You <laughs> feel me?
0: That's crazy. Okay, so tell us, what do you have coming up? before we have to let you go
2: what do we have coming up i uh i'm a a indie guy now i've been doing a lot of indie projects so i got a short film
1: yeah
2: uh called demolition that's going to be in uh pan pan african film festival next month uh i have another film that's going to be uh in south by southwest in march and uh what else am i doing i'm shooting a short film
0: what's the name of that one
2: uh, oh, you know what? I don't know if I can say because it's uh, has it been announced? Been, oh. It's been announced yet. Yeah, has it been announced? Pretty sure. I gotta make sure. It's
0: I... so. yeah, I thought they made it like two weeks ago.
2: Uh, I don't know. I just found out yesterday. Oh, <laughs> let me let me get back to you. We'll follow up. Oh. We'll follow up. I don't want.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. But, uh, you tell you tell us when we quit recording, and then we'll make sure yes. this airs after the announcement. <laughs> yeah. So
2: yeah. So I've been really on my. Uh, just short film, a lot of short film projects, which are, which is so exciting for me. I, I'm getting the, the hunger back because I haven't filmed on Killing It in almost a year now. We, you know, we stopped filming like last February. Oh, wow. So I'm getting back into a lot of short film projects, just kind of expanding and growing and, and just developing different characters that aren't like myself. And uh, that's been really exciting. And uh, I'm going to go on tour this summer.
1: Are you writing still? What are, you, are you writing anything for yourself?
2: Yes. The, the short film I did for Tribeca last year, we, uh, we got bought by Unanimous. I can say that. Which is uh, Steph Curry's production company with a deal with Universal. So, we're developing a pilot for that short film to be a television show. We're gonna take, gonna take that out next month. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm trying to sell something. You know, you guys play your cards right. I might I I get you a job. Listen,
0: I don't
2: know. I don't, I don't know if I have that power, but. The
0: tables have turned. <laughs> and the
1: tables have
2: turned.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta pitch the show Listen. first. I don't know. <laughs> i've put in my years of friendship this is true okay? this is true i feel like i should be <laughs> jess, first up jess has put it years. this
2: is very true this is very very true so yeah you know what i'm saying we could we can't I afford did. we can't afford jess that's the first thing
1: can't afford i her. think you can. can't afford jess <laughs> so listen unless you end up hiring an associate to cast it you can afford it
2: don't worry so i'm excited for the future i know you guys have a thousand things going on too so that's that's amazing i'm glad we're we're all still here
0: yeah yeah we made it we made it (laughs) i always tell jess like i'm just so grateful we made it through 2023 this is true
2: (laughs) and it had to be really hard for you both so
0: yeah
1: yeah i think honestly i keep saying like the fact that we survived from 2020 until now is that like, now we can handle anything right. as a collective. This is true. You know, we've, we've experienced it all. And if we're still here, great. For you know, What <laughs> right about that. I agree.
0: Okay, so one last question before we let yeah. you go. Know. We ask all our guests this, so Uh-oh. it's a very important question. So think very carefully before answering it. So, our question is if the world was ending tomorrow and you had one drink or cocktail to cheers the end of the world to, what would it be?
2: If the world was going to end, mm-hmm. probably cyanide. Why am I wasting time? Let's get out of here. <laughs> Let me get a cyanide and Coke, all right? Well,
0: that's a first.
2: <laughs> if the world is ending, well, I'm going a, a to wait, a, wait an hour.
0: Yeah, you got to, like, enjoy it. Me, like, it's a beautiful, like, look, beach day in L.A.
1: You look, got a cocktail. You're like, no, it was set in. Let me get a cyanide on the rocks. You want it to be over faster. <laughs> All right, now if the world wasn't ending, what would you drink?
2: If the world wasn't ending, I um, I'm a I'm a cool Glenlivet scotch, mm. one one hard ice cube Glenlivet scotch, just sit there and vibe.
1: Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Ralph, for joining us. Thank you. You are the best. Oh, and uh, always happy to see your face.
2: Love you. Good to see you guys too, Jess and Jen. Great to meet you, probably for the fifth time. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you both.
0: I look at my email account. Yeah, right, I know. Oh I,
2: God, I, 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 I'm the guy you remembered and hated. That's the dude that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I just try the one who can't take a note. No kidding.
2: Can I try it one more time? It's been ten times. I know, but I just I think right now I can get it. Can get it. I can get it where I want it. It's been. It's That's been Another 10. way to do it. It's, it's, it's another way. I want to try some. I got. I got. I got the cool British accent. You know. I want to. Um, but seriously, thank you guys both for having me. I super appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah.
0: Thank you we'll so much. You. All right, guys. Cheers. There's- cheers.